This episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast is brought to you in part by Pinoracle Arcade and Pinball Repair. If you're in the DFW area and need an affordable arcade and pinball repair team, give the team over at Pinoracle your hard-earned coins and dollars. In my opinion, here's the best part. They come to your establishment and do all repairs in-house, so there's no worry on transportation, shipping, or delivery. It's all done from the comfort of your establishment. So if you want to give your machines a one-up and extra life, go call 682-205-8705. Contact Panoracle Arcade and Pinball Repair today and get a special discount by mentioning you heard it from Damien. Tonight on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, we're going to talk about the releases that happened last Friday. So that's apparently right after we recorded. We got to address that. There's an interesting idea going on around the internet right now by Freddie Prince Jr., who wants to start a wrestling promotion. We're going to chime in on our thoughts about that and some more other stuff and news on tonight's episode. So let's get started, folks, right now. to another episode of the Bit Go Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're all in the multiverse of madness weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, we're here to talk some wrestling. I've already seen it. I'm sure the other two gentlemen, uh, Jamal and Damien, here tonight. Maybe making plans to see it. That's a no for Jamal. Yes for Damien. I already saw uh, it. Yeah, review is live on the YouTube, so check it out. I enjoyed it. That's my short. Uh, that's all you need to know. I enjoyed it. Um... But yeah, we're gonna talk some wrestling tonight. Um, gentlemen, how you doing tonight? Go ahead, Jamal. Uh, not bad. Um, it's been a hectic day, but uh, not bad at all. Right, welcome. Same, definitely hectic, but uh, we're gonna talk some wrestling and uh, you know, if we talk Doctor Strange for like five seconds, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen it already? I have. Oh, my bad, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, yay or nay? Yay, especially for the cameos. Nice, one in particular nice. yeah uh marvel does horror that's the easiest way i can put it review is available non-spoiler um but yeah if you don't have plans this weekend check it out it seems like your cup of tea if you're still into superhero movies i know a lot of people james cameron has uh grown tired of it uh but um yeah it's a uh it's definitely worth a watch on my end um and if you see it in imax you'll see actually the james cameron avatar 2 uh trailer so you can uh, see that as it uh, will be released in December around Christmas. Definitely trying to bring in all the money for the air. So. Is that going to be a four-hour movie like the first one? Because I couldn't get through half it's, of that. It is James Cameron. That thing is going to be every bit of the extraness of all of sorts. So <laughs> just be prepared. They don't have a runtime yet, but I can imagine it's going to try to do three hours. Three, three, three thirty is what I'm looking at on that one. Oof. I'm guessing, should I say? Um. But let's 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 get into tonight's topic. We're gonna go back to last week in the releases, um, NXT um, as of April 29th. So I said day after we recorded, um, it was first reported uh, by Fightful Sean Rossap uh, that there were some releases. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go down the list of some of the notable names: Dakota Kai, Malcolm Malcolm Bivens, Dexter Loomis, Harlan, um, and yeah, some other folks and whatnot. Um, but I guess the, 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 the quick opening question and, and, and tone of the night was who surprised you, uh, thoughts about the releases. I saw another tweet saying that apparently more to come. 
Um, and I, and I guess it, it, rather if you're not emotionally invested into any of these releases, just what's your thoughts about WWE and their, um, you know, and, and their what's it seems like a forever revolving door of people being released, by the way. Um, just came out today that they're up 33 <laughs> <If laughs> it called just like 10 minutes ago or something like that yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah so uh but damien started with you thoughts on releases and um yeah sure so you know the the, the vitriol for me like oh my god they did this i never had that okay when the re- releases happened yeah Apparently, according to Sean Ross Sapp's report, uh, it's every 60 to 90 days now, NXT talent is going to get cut. It's like doing your regular job like we do and we have a probationary period. And if you're not cutting the mustard in those 60 to 90 days, you could get cut like most jobs do. So in that realm for some of the newbies, like the Harlins of the world, like I I understood that it is what it is. You know, he, he looks like Brock Lesnar. He can cosplay for a living. It's fine. Uh, but the thing that surprised me about the releases was that apparently Dakota and, and Malcolm were not going to resign. And they told WWE NXT officials they weren't going to resign after their contracts were up. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, you know, it's I hate to use the phrase controlling your narrative, but it's that's what they're doing you know we're at the point now where if talent feels like they're not being used you know we talked about hunters uh hunters nxt versus the new version the laurenitis and you know company version of uh, nxt they're choosing to say you know what this doesn't fit where i want to be right now and i'm not going to resign even though allegedly you know the rumor was stokely was gonna stokely i'll call him stokely was gonna get put up to the main roster sooner rather than later and dakota was working dark matches for a good part of three months on the main roster and it just didn't stick for whatever reason so she saw the writing on the wall stokely saw the writing on the wall they don't really use managers overly well at least i don't remember male managers being used well on the main roster save for paul Heyman. uh but i'm not surprised by the way that con and code do this it's a corporation if you're not you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing in developmental and they say it's it's easier to cut bait it's easy to cut bait you know and, and they're making profit that's what a pro business a for-profit business does uh i don't get mad i don't get butt hurt like the rest of iwc or most of the iwc about it <laughs> did i you know i was surprised to find out dakota and bivens got cut but then when i found out that they didn't resign fine go 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 Use your trade elsewhere where you feel like you'll be better suited. And that's my view on it. Yeah. Uh, let me also report this correctly. So they're up 27% and revenue up at $333.4 million. So uh, my, my posture on this is uh, very similar to yours. Um, surprise? Like, yeah. More people have been sure. released, you know, and, it, you know, it just seems to be no algorithm or anything to it. It's just like, hey, you know, so Friday, some people got released. Let's let's see what the storm brings in this time. But uh, most of the talent, um, everybody has a future somewhere at this point. That's mm-hmm. just what professional wrestling is. If you want to do it, you'll find a place, um, or a place will find you. Um, if you don't want to do it, and, and you were you know hell bent on WWE, then you know maybe you'll get you know they'll come back around at some point. But I think. Everything's a learning lesson. Hopefully all these young professionals, uh, young uh, uh, independent contractors understand that these things happen. I think now more or less, more people should understand that as well. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely positive about it. I know it's going to be such a strange time for some of them. And, you know, the folks like Stokely and Dakota, then maybe they, they, they bet on themselves and they say, listen, I, I'm, I'm not happy here or I don't want to be here or I want to test the waters. And they say, hey, yeah. not going to resign you know and i think that's a I, I think that's a mature thing i think it should not always be a gimme that you're just going to stay there and just be complacent when you actually do have plenty of options out now i'm not going to say AEW because maybe you don't want to work AEW. i mean chelsea green seems to be doing pretty fine with her life right now and she's not signed to any of these places she's working them all and you can also say the same thing for Taya valkyrie who i'm sure the two of them any company would love to have them permanently so you know there's ways there's there's avenues there's there's opportunities and if wwe has said you know this is it for us for right now then 
that's it you know and they either make them regret it work hard and grind um or just kick back and you know maybe they'll come back around and and, and take a second look at you i.e Eva marie the greatest that i cannot believe they let go twice now so oh question God. for sure jamal uh your thoughts um yeah here's why i don't care uh it happens all the time in actual sports it happens during free agency it happens during mm-hmm cut down day in football and it happens during uh, the trade deadline and it happens during the end of the season free agent run. Uh, it is a business. The business is bigger than any one particular person uh, other than the owner of the business. So when you see that people are leaving, whether it's you know people from WWE, whether it's Stu Grayson, who all people all of a sudden care about in AEW. Um, oh, of course they do. Yeah, because, you know, where were they literally three days ago uh, clamoring for his... Oh, nobody nobody cared. But now that he's gone, there's signs in the audience of Dynamites begging for his return. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that I think that a lot of people look at the company first, and I think it is a 50-50 split. It is a mutual decision to work somewhere. Uh, if you are a contractor, you have to sign the contract. If you... They put a gun to your head and said, you're going to sign. Well, that's slavery. We don't do that anymore. Wink, wink. But as far as the people you know, moving and WWE streamlining the product, they've been doing that since NXT changed to the Nickelodeon version of it You know, now with all of its crazy colors. I don't have a problem with it. I don't. Yes, um, it is a lot to ask of people to be from anywhere else in the country, to move down to Orlando, to get ready for the WWE, and then to be cut 90 days later. Yeah. That's a hell of an ask for a life, what you perceive as a lifetime commitment, just to be sent back on the bus to Memphis or wherever the hell you're from after a couple months. Um, that is, that's a, but that is also the risk that you know that you're going to get into when you say, I do. Yeah, and so I mean, I just I just think that um, a lot of people may not understand that the risk reward goes both ways, um, and not everybody's going to make it. There's a hell of a lot more football players than the you know, 1,500 or so in the NFL. There's a lot more. College, you know how many college football teams there are? Just just in general, right. in D1, there's like 125 teams. Mm-hmm. There's right. 30 in your in your whatever sport you want. Hockey, baseball, basketball, football. There's only 30 pro teams out of 100 and something college teams. And out of that 100 and something, 60 of them will make it to the um, to vie for a championship in basketball. Yeah. Yep. So there is so the, the, the margin of, of failure is much greater than the margin of success. And I think people get it the other way around. So it's a um, these are people that are all professionals. Nobody's new to the business. They understand what it is. They signed up for it. And. You know the grass isn't always greener, and you know they they you can still make moves. So you know as we as we are learning, and it's blatantly obvious now, WWE isn't the holy grail that people thought it was. Um, it could, probably never has been, but it yeah. definitely ain't now. Not even because of AEW, but really because of the rise of the independents on the internet. Um, I, you can go out there and make a name for yourself, and. Be be the next Drew McIntyre and come back to WWE if you want. Be the next Eva Marie and have them bring you in if you want. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be a legend. You know, not everybody's going to be a household name. Some people are just going to work until they can. Yeah, I, I mean, like the, this this risk isn't just predicated to wrestling. By the way, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> linear across the board here in all to- all types of employment where you could sign that contract and you're thinking like, well, I'm set. I didn't see what my pay is going to be. Life is about to be good. Oh yeah. But- no, that's happened to me in my, in my professional past. You know, I signed on to be an executive director at a nonprofit and yeah. right when COVID was hitting after like four months, I was on the job. It was like, bah. Yeah. So it was like, you, you get cut and, and that happens, you know, and to yeah. Jamal's point, I distinctly remember there was a producer WWE let go who she flew all the way over from England. If correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know her name off the top of my head. And within like three months, they cut her. 
for whatever reason. And it's like, to Jamal's point of like, you taking a risk of betting on yourself, saying, well, I'm going to leave my comfort, my this, my that, to pursue something. And just sometimes it just doesn't work out the way you want. Obviously, yeah. you can pivot and try to go into something else. But but that's the landscape. And because now we have so many other wrestling options, you know, people, talent can work anywhere at this point. You know, if, if you get really low, you just open up an OnlyFans or do customs again. And there you go. You're making money hand over fist. But yeah. aside from that, like Impact, AW, AAA, Japan, there, there's options. So it's not all... Oh, when they're not going to get a gig. And also, to Jamal's point, really? Y'all bitching about Stu Grayson? Where the hell were y'all when he was on the roster all this time? Now it's like, you oh, know, no, the Dark Order's not complete. Stop it. Stop it. You know how this works. I don't, we're not going to act surprised. Like, how we know? Oh, so outrage. Are. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, definitely will be interesting to see uh, what Malcolm Bivens decides to do going forward, uh, a.k.a. Stokely Hathaway. Uh, who's already mm-hmm. done a comedy show, so uh, business is already booming. Apparently showed out, so, you know, uh, on to It'll the next. Right. And, and Dakota Kai will be absolutely fine, on, and the rest of them, too. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of these talent are young, and the fact that they already proved that they can be on the biggest promotion, mm-hmm. it just has to be nothing but ammunition for them to go forward with it, you know, or motivation, whatever you want to turn on you, so. Anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's move to our uh, next topic in Freddie Prinze Jr. It's a former creative member uh, from WWE. Um, also actor. Uh, Scooby-Doo movie, if you know. Um, but that. Yeah. He, uh, well, uh, apparently <laughs> he got back into acting in order to allocate some funds for more righteous cause going forward. And that's him wanting to start his wrestling promotion everybody wants to start wrestling promotion what's what's the news there <laughs> look around the room every five out of ten people somebody wants to start wrestling promotion now but what's different about him is his approach mm. and he kind of laid out a plan about how his is going to be different now i know one thing me and jamal talks about frequent um in person just off to the side random stuff is the xfl and just our our like to it and you know, the biggest thing about the SFL, whether it's the Rock era, whether it's Vince McMahon era, uh, um, pre-pandemic, was their idea to be unique and fix a little bit of the issues, the common issues that are amongst uh, the likes of the NFLs and so on. These them, them damn games are so long. They're just so long. Mm-hmm. And then they started to become boring because they took all the fun out of it. XFL said, OK, cool. Going to tweak this a little bit. See what you all think. And I thought it was doing really well, but the pandemic had other plans and whatnot. Nonetheless, Freddie Prinze laid out his plan for his wrestling promotion. And for us, I'm like, oh, God damn, another wrestling promotion. What is this one going to do different? He plans to start it in 18 months. That's a big check on the yes box for me. Um, taking time to, to lay it out instead of just tossing money and saying, I can do this. I think proper planning Business planning and the business model is the absolute right way to go. He wants a two-hour show. Yes, because I ain't trying to go to nobody's independent show and being there for six hours. Not a, not a fan. He has money for a three-year plan. Yes. <laughs> Storylines based in reality. Let's talk about that. Men and women given equal time. So, to me, this is wrestlers will wrestle whatever time they're given. You know, equality. Like it. Um, Wants to own the space it's filmed in. Yeah. Why pay somebody to to rent a place when it could just be yours? No TV contract yet. That just seems to be everybody's like automatic right away go. But like you probably want to start bringing in some money first. But I mean, like, you know, IWTVs and, and title matches, I guess giving out deals that make sense on both ends, but you know, he's already thinking beyond that TV deal. But the biggest one is wants to be a SAG show. That's we're talking union representation. All right, Jamal, we'll start with you. Your thoughts about what appears to be a three year business model for Mr. Freddie Prince Jr. and his new promotion. So the biggest thing is, is not necessarily the SAG um, um, talk. It's the three-year plan. 
if he knows that he has enough capital, however he has it, whether he has private investors, whether he's using his own money, whether he has some money and is going to use that to parlay into some kind of merchandise or uh, other revenue generating uh, stream, he knows he or at least assumes that he has three years worth of that, which means that he's prepared to try and fail. And I think that that is the most telling um, whether or not the Screen Actors Guild will will you know represent them and and what that looks like. That actually, I'm not going to say that's that's a great idea on paper, but then again, can they take other jobs that are non-union? You know, that kind of because they would be the only one. You know, they would have to be happy where they are. Because you can't just show up at an indie show. Well, you can't just show up on TV, whether it's IWTV or whatever, as a union member working against the scabs. That's not how that works. So it'll be interesting to see how that breaks down and what the union would actually cover as far as the Screen Actors Guild goes. It is troubling that you know WWE will send out uh, four-year consideration packages to... Uh, the Emmys um, for their television programs, but none of their people on the television program are represented by the union. Um, <laughs> damn. And and that's there's the reasons why they do that. It's business. It's a money thing. Uh, yeah. But I think that he, the fact that he he knows that he has three years um, is interesting. Uh, the idea of men and women getting the same amount of time is. I need a little bit more clarification on that. Because are we talking total time or are we talking bell to bell? Are we talking the same amount of matches? Um, because if we, hey, I give you um, two women's matches and two men's matches, but the men's matches win a total of 35 minutes and the two women's it, matches win a total of 18. It is the most vague of all the things. Yeah, and, so that's and, that's pretty vague. Um, yeah. And I need to know a little bit more of what that means. Um, mm-hmm. And also, more importantly, does that mean intergender? Is there a hard number? I mean, obviously, these questions are going to come down the road. Uh, securing a TV deal is going to be the most interesting because um, if he's using his own money versus using some capitalist money, um, what's the measure? What's the bar of success? You know, getting 20,000 uh, views on YouTube, is that successful enough? Or getting 10,000 views on Access TV at four in the morning, is that successful enough? Uh, you know, what does a TV deal de- look like? Or does he just go direct distribution where he's just pumping out DVDs like Ring of Honor used to? Um, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, what, I, so what are you talking? I, I mean, but he, but it, but again, th- that that question doesn't matter because he's not worried about a TV deal, and I I think that's the responsible thing because there are folks that thinks that. In order to be successful, you need a TV deal, and if that's just a given, and no, a TV you... deal is the easiest way to make money. But I, right, I, and, right. and the reason why that question does matter is because how will he make money? Again, it doesn't matter right now because he's not thriving to worry about that in three years. And I think when you when you when you talk about uh, you know starting a promotion, that's not just a given that you having a TV deal turns around revenue. I mean. There was a, there is a promotion that was on Destination America. Then it went to uh, with with some random other channel, and now it's on Access. You know, it doesn't mean just because you have it doesn't mean it. Hell, Sinclair will probably <laughs> will probably be. Hey, hey, don't do that. Sinclair was doing numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I think, and I think like you know, his. I think by what you see right now, what we know, I think. It's a very educated approach to say I don't know enough, right? About what does it mean to have a TV deal? So I'm not going to focus on that right now. I need to solidify a roster. I need to solidify well, I mean, like, a play. I'm not saying that the TV deal is the end all be all because again, there are other ways to distribute the product. My big thing is, come three years, and three years is not a long time. How will he make money? And that's 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 all it is. That's all the thing. That's the only thing I care about right now. Is that what is your plan going forward? Because you spend, you know, in 18 months, it is the middle of 2022. So that's Christmas 2023. And let's say January 2024 to January 2027 is the length of this thing 
that we know that Freddie Prince uh, Jr. has established as the timeline. And if he has to smash the button, it's been three years. That's what he said he's going to give it, and then it, that's it. Okay, fine. And after a certain point, if you want to keep it going, you don't just shovel money into it like it's a steam engine. You okay. have to generate some sort of, of revenue. TV is obviously the easiest uh, option to do that. Fine. He doesn't do TV. What does he do to generate revenue to keep the engine going? And I think that that's going to be the most interesting thing because we've seen what these super indies like GCW, IWTC TV partnerships beyond our indie spotlight, which is coming up in a bit. Um, you know, we see that there are many different roads, pathways to success um, that doesn't involve a major network. I'm not saying that, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. needs to be on Disney Plus tomorrow. Obviously, if he could, he would. But that is a thing. And obviously not knowing what the roster is, not knowing where it's going to be, not knowing how many fans he's going to have, not knowing what merch is going to look like, knowing nothing about nothing. Um, my biggest question is going to be um, what does a, a – how will he grow the brand? I – I, I think, you know, my Damien, I'll throw it to you in a second. My 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 approach would be very much online with his. I'm not stressing myself out about anything until I get to that point. This is proper project planning here. You know, uh, when you when you're building a project, you know, you 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 set down your three year plan. You 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 know what your finances are going to be for those three years. So regardless of how he brings in money, he can break uh, he'll he can go broke or he'll, he'll have the money allocated for the first three years, regardless of what comes in. So therefore it's either like a success or like, Hey, I put this in to lose it. That's what it is. I think that's the mindset. Instead of saying, I want to do a wrestling promotion. I also want to be rich tomorrow and I need to have right. a TV deal. And how many promotions have we seen come out of the woodworks? You've never heard of them. And then you're, you hear them booking top independent names. You're like, Oh, Oh, they got Deanna Perrazzo today. Uh, facing, I, they, they'll probably run the same match: Deanna Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez. And you, I've never heard of these three letters. How are they affording these major talent? And then three months later, you're just like, "Yo, what well, happened to that go. random?" <laughs> 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 they're like, what, "What happened to them?" Like they, they, they had some banger matches. Now they're not even around. I think because that's people who aren't properly planning. So you know, to start in eighteen months. Good proper time two hour show that seems like it'd be a fan favorite. There has the money for three years. I don't know how that's the third bullet to point that should be number one in bold letters. Like, I have the money for three years, and that's where I'm gonna start at. You know, probably get a business, a, either a business loan or grant or whatever may be eligible for what he's trying to do, but he'll figure it out. Storylines based in reality have no clue what that means, but also not worried about it. Uh, but yet, he has the experience in understanding how booking and, and 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 creative work so he's not fine with that plus uh being in hollywood definitely means that he knows some writers so not a problem to call some folks like build a story for me you know men and women having equal times i mean it's vague you know but he'll figure that out that's not a problem wants to own his own space sure and also probably that's probably also going to be incorporated into whatever loan or grant that he's going to get for this business to say also need a building to run this thing. It's like, fine, you know, they'll do it. SAG, I mean, that's the interest, the second most interesting part about it. And then I'm not worried about a TV contract. It's not important. No big deal. I will almost go as far as saying his next bill until point would be, and I'm also not going to sign up by exclusively because that just may not be a good business model to have to sign somebody to a roster when more wrestlers are more frequent to wanting to work circuits instead of this being solely down if you're not AEW and you're not wwe no one's truly signing an exclusive contract anymore to just only work in that promotion not mlw not nwa uh what else is not wow you know not AAA or any of those places people are working everywhere so why would an independent three-letter alphabet uh name out of nowhere says like i'm going to sign uh i don't know uh trista door to an exclusive contract and she'll only work here. It, it just doesn't seem like a good model that people will be happy back. And hell, if people can't exclusively be signed a while under Genie Bus's money, thank you. <laughs> yeah, th th why would you even think you got a chance? All right, I'm done. Damien, what you got? No, I, I, and you you led me into the point I was going to make. There is precedence for this, you know, with wow, like you said, being in Hollywood. They got whatever deal they have now with AJ Lee, what have you, you know, trying to to rebuild that brand from before. 
Uh, so there is precedence for this. It's not like, hey, he's just a random dude who decided to say, I want to run a wrestling promotion. This is a guy who has been in WWF slash E Creative before, who is a wrestling fan, who understands the business on multiple levels. You know, we don't want to, I'm not just going to sit here and say he knows everything, but at the very least, he has a starting point to say, okay, I've been behind the scenes to run a promotion, no matter how big it is. You know, he has writing credentials. He's act. He's an actor. He taught people how to cut promos. He's talked on record about how he taught Cena and uh, to cut some promos and stuff like that. And him and Cena didn't get along. And then he went over his respect or how he wanted to push Jeff Hardy and wrote th- this, this promo for Jeff Hardy that put him over. So he has experience with this. So you, you got someone in leadership that actually knows the after doing it like Jeannie Buss. Okay, that's one. Number two, the fact that he's a fan that wants to make it work, I find it endearing, as dumb as that sounds. Because he's like, look, I got skin in the game. I'm throwing my money in there. I don't know if Sarah Michelle Gellar's throwing money in there too as his wife. Who's, who's to say? He got that Buffy money. Like, that's three years of potentially finding not a television deal, maybe an internet provider that like streams your stuff, like an IWTV, you know, something like that. What does success look like to him? I think for me, that's going to be a big key as a fan. What does success look like for this promotion? Like you said, two champs, he doesn't have to go and be rich. He's already rich. He just wants to put out a quality product and hopefully put on good matches and give people equal representation. And I think right there, that's a good start. Now, I agree with you on the whole, don't sign anyone exclusively because we talked about this before uh, ROH wound up being an AEW property that maybe they were just going to be a brand that just brings in people like a la Wrestle Circus or things like that, you know? So if that's the route they want to take, that's another prime option for them. It keeps costs down. You have a revolving door of talent. Nobody gets too stale. So it's going to be an interesting 18 months to see what he comes up with. He actually, he obviously has a plan in place, not even with the bullet points. His obvious, his brain is working for a long time on this. This isn't something he just woke up on a Tuesday and said, I want to do this. It's been rumored for years he wanted to start a wrestling promotion. So here we go. And I'm going to be interested to see where he takes it from here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, You know, we didn't focus too much on the SAG, which, you know, the biggest thing in wrestling has been about union, union and unionizing folks. And this was the... T- tactic or measure or strategy that I wasn't aware that was even possible. So I would love to know um, what does this mean? I mean, yes, you can join SAG by, uh, you know, eligibility. Um, I I might even be eligible to be honest. Um, But uh, you know, the qualifications and everything is all over the website. So it's not hard to find. Um, And then understanding how they work. I mean, I know Jamal, you could probably speak towards union benefits and whatnot. And, and that seems to be, you know, I'm not going to say standard, but there, there is a big part of unions that all kind of language the same way. But these are all elements that were all across the board missing in pro wrestling. So introducing that is not only it's not only intriguing from the benefit part, but to me, it makes me wonder, what does that mean on the opposite end? Being a member of SAG, what does that mean for wrestlers in other obligations or other opportunities and you know if you're hurt at another independent show do they care or do they all imagine like listen nah that's not us and and thus you know complications here and whatnot um but you have to buy in the sag which is another thing so you know are our wrestlers who actually been wanting this are they actually willing to go through this it's another thing i, I forgot we, we forgot to bring up like a couple of weeks ago but I had also been seeing that some wrestlers have been getting uh, um, agent representation, which mm. is something I, uh, it, that's not something we're, we're accustomed to seeing uh, more than likely. But I think with all these meet and greets that are happening and bookings and all these other sorts of different things, I think folks are just like, you know what, <laughs> let me make it easy for myself. Pay somebody to handle all this shit for me and let's see what happens and make sure the, the money comes in right. And hey, I'd rather pay somebody a cut than to make sure I, get, I don't get you know swindled or anything on the other end. So um anyway let's hit commercial um if you two gentlemen got anything else you want to add on this topic we'll hit it on the opposite end um but if not then i believe it's time to uh give you guys our sponsor for the night 
Our next partner has a product I use almost daily. AG1 from Athletic Greens is as close to a magic vitamin supplement as you can get and helps somebody like me who's constantly on the go. Maintain my optimal fitness and health levels as much as possible. So what's in this stuff you're going to wonder? 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right and help with all the digestive help you need. AG1 goes where I go. It goes to work with me, to the gym, or even when I'm covering events. Keeps me going when I need a boost because let me tell you, at the rate I go, I don't slow down for anybody and this is the most helpful thing I can think of to help me get over that hump. Has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And for me, most importantly, supports better sleep and quality recovery because everybody who knows me knows I don't sleep a lot of hours because I'm always working, but it helps in the long run. Trust me on that one. Now for you all wondering, I know what you're thinking. How much does it cost? It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than fueling your cold brew habit or going to Starbucks to get the Mocha Wata Evachino. Now's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Take it from me. It's a lot easier. And to make it easier on you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Trust me, you'll thank me later. All right, folks, and reach out to us. Hit us on our social media, email, whatever it may be. Uh, find all that information at BigOBelt.com for your uh, advertisement needs. So we'll discuss race and uh, make sure we can uh, get your product, your brand, whatever it may be. Um, make sure we, we, we get that on air. Uh, on each and every episode weekly reach out and we can discuss all that anyway it's time for us to move next to our indie spotlight of the week jamal what you got okay so this week i actually have two shows and i was what? uh oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i was really surprised and this week we're going to go up to new york city it's uh russell pro um which russell oh. pro alaska is definitely a thing that i didn't know about but that's a different story. Uh, WrestlePro, uh, they're back to Brooklyn. This coming tomorrow, Friday, May 6th, um, meet and greet is at 6, bell time is at 8. It's at St. Pat's out there on uh, in Red Hook, um, 9511 4th Avenue, Brooklyn, NY. Um, Dan Math versus um, Coca Mana. You have uh, Janella versus Killer Cross. Uh, I'm the interesting there's a lot of interesting things about the uh, about the event um i'm you know if, if i didn't have other things and it's mother's day weekend uh i would probably be up in brooklyn checking this one out so that's that's the first one on saturday may 7th uh 6 p.m uh, uh meet and greet 8 p.m bell time in Broadway, new jersey which is just south of newark in the uh, north jersey new york city area uh, Killer Cross is going across the river. He's going to face LSG. Joy Janela versus uh, Chris Dickinson. Melina versus Scarlett Bordeaux. Scotty Tuhardy, now known as Scar Garland, versus Cocabana. That's WrestlePro Presents Mayhem. Rahway Rec Center, 275 East Milton Avenue in Rahway, New Jersey. Spitting distance from the New Jersey Transit because everything in Rahway is. It's, you're in Jay Lethal country out there, but it's, <laughs> it looks like two pretty solid indie shows out there presented by Russell Pro back to Brooklyn on tomorrow, May 6th in Red Hook. Then you go down the turnpike a little bit to Rahway for Mayhem. And that's the indie spotlight for the week. And of course, if you and you, and I mean you, dear promoter, want me to talk about your show to spotlight your wrestling event that's coming up sooner than later, 
let us know. Hit us up at uh, on the Twitter machine, Tout Club Penguin, whatever you got, Facebook, all of it. Email us, BitGoBeltGroup uh, at gmail.com, uh, BitGoBelt.com, and of course, up on the Twitter machine at a BGB Group. Let us nope, know what belt. you- We'll own that one belt. no more. Oh, oops. Uh, at BitGoBelt <laughs> on the Twitter machine. Let us know, let us hear from you. Help us help you get the word out about your promotion yeah. Uh, so we can talk about it. That's the indie spotlight for this week. Right on, right on. Yep, can't emphasize enough. Advertisement needs. Give us a shout. Anywho, let's get to the second half of the show. <laughs> options on options on options. Do, do, do we even want to really go down this route? Do we? Do we? Do we have to talk about her? I feel like just for five minutes, just to laugh, we might have to. Listen, I got a good way to segue this because I literally was like saying this from the heart yesterday. I, you know, last week we talked about the whole Deanna Perrazzo and Mercedes Martinez and how that was going to be handled and whatnot. Sure. I have got to give Deanna her props once again because I already tweeted it. So I'm saying on the show about her professionalism to walk Mm -hmm. into that building and do what she did. That match should have never happened on Dynamite. It should have happened at Forbidden Door. And quite frankly, the forbidden door should have already been happening with Impact and AEW for women that Deanna Prazo should not have been debuting on AEW months later. I mean, Kenny Omega first came out last January. I mean, that's January 2021. And not one woman has walked through that door into AEW. Not one. And Deanna Prazo had one of the best years of her entire career and one of the best... Uh, uh, years in all of professional wrestling last year. I think she was like second. Oh, uh, well, she was eligible for it this year, which she was like either second or third on the PWI list. This makes sense. That why not have that Britt Baker's her friend? Why not have that match? You know, a match that everybody wanted, and all the abundance of other women talent that were on both of those respective rosters should have been a lot more of that coming. But yet, Tony Khan, who made the announcement three times last night that he has purchased ROH. Mm-hmm. Well, he had to get his toys. That's his belt. Also, I was already really like, I was really like confused about both of them having belts. I, I, I know what the interim belt is, but like all of us and anybody who watches any bit of combat sports, UFC or whatnot, you can't make a fight. You win an interim championship, then fine. But that's after a person has who's been hurt for an extensive amount of time, not just one show that they couldn't make. You know what I mean? Like, it just it just doesn't happen that way. And then you already did the Sammy Guevara thing with two belts, and, and and now Scorpio Sky with two belts, and finally looks like he's gonna put it away. And now Mercedes Martinez about to walk around with two belts, the two belt gimmick of the same belt thing is annoying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, I commend her going into that situation knowing exactly how it was gonna play out, play out, and it literally did her no justice at all. It it, it was complete. It's just completely a tragedy in my eyes of her having to work that match, losing in the fashion she did, only given eight minutes for a championship match. They ran that other promo to cut all that time down, which anybody who was smart, which we knew, they were going to do that because they had 20 minutes when they said the match was going to come out. Maybe 30 minutes, I think. And then they definitely was just like chewing time for no reason. And she goes in there, she comes out like a professional, you know, does what she does, loses gracefully, and rolls out her, her her props. All that to say, well, we know Tessa Blanchard and the whole thing with Impact, <laughs> and then then you know she just was like, "Listen, you're not getting my shit going to Mexico. Fuck y'all, and you're not getting this belt back." Problematic. And then all the other stuff came out, mm-hmm. and then she just became offhand. Nobody wanted to work with her. But WoW, who she is their champion, has been on the leave of absence, but is back. And I thought the best way, I mean, I ain't gonna say the best way, but a, 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 which was a good way to kind of mitigate that heat that she had was like, we'll bring in the ultimate baby face in all professional wrestling. AJ Lee, attach her to WoW. You have Tessa the WoW, and it offsets, and you just kind of forget about both of them. They're just there. And, and, and so all is good. There's been a few rumors going around now about Tessa Blanchard and issues she's causing at WoW. Who's surprised right now? Anybody? No, not at all. No. I'm. You're surprised, Jamal? Hell no. 
that's sarcasm. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I think, I think, honestly, I am a little bit surprised because when you think of all of the things, the past year and change that she's been uh, hyper scrutinized, ran down to Mexico, mm-hmm. did a thing, you would think that she would be the first person to go, nah, just gonna be cool. Everything's good. Then we heard about the wild thing. Then we heard about, you know, working with AJ Lee, being the face of that brand. And it's like, okay, maybe she's, okay, well, never mind then. And all that goodwill goes out the window. So to say that I am surprised, considering that she was floating just above rock bottom to actually lawn dart herself into rock bottom, you kind of go, yeah. Um, that is a little bit surprising because I thought she was going to turn it around. I'm not. Mm. I am not surprised. Okay. And, and, and I'm just going to. I'm going to simmer. That was simmer. Yeah, we had to. Because just going to let it turn it around. Who the hell are you trying to fool, sir? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Anything is possible, like Kevin Garnett told us, but this is highly unlikely. Uh, <laughs> a, a, according to the report, she's being herself backstage apparently in a promo class who apparently she was teaching the girls promos she's never been a strong promo in my estimation so why put her in charge of it but okay apparently she eviscerated somebody on a personal level and it didn't go over well with the talent it didn't go over well with producers backstage and now she's you know on a condition of anonymity, I, I did talk years ago to a wrestler who, when I asked bluntly about Tessa, they said the biggest knucklehead I've ever come across in in my entire life who doesn't take feedback, who doesn't like being told in the ring that they're, you know, they can work on things. They're just a pain in the ass. So, and this is someone that's worked multiple promotions up there. You know, we know him off air. We could talk about it, but yeah so i'm not surprised <laughs> so when I, I you know and i've tried for years because i was a wrestle circus fan and she was their top draw after a while and they're my top draw for a while she was one of the hottest on it on free agents so we were we were in the house when she won the world championship from sammy callahan and it was like she was on top of the world and you piss it all away just because you for whatever reason you want to just act like you're better than everybody supposedly allegedly but how many chances do you give someone before they're not worth it three you know, three three strikes yeah. and you're out like baseball yeah i'm done with her i'm uh, as a wrestling fan if i ran a promotion since everybody wants to run one wouldn't touch her with a 40 foot pole sorry don't care how good you are on the ring don't care how marketable you think you are i'm good yeah. Okay. So the biggest thing is there are tapings uh, this week for WOW that she show. Right. We'll see. That's going to determine a lot. She has also deactivated her her Twitter. Whoops. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram's still popping if you care that much. Um. And then yeah. she uh had a quote: "When standing up for your beliefs becomes a matter of great inconvenience, will you stand?" Um. Okay. But. The other overline of issues that there's this conflict backstage and folks are aware of the tension that's going on. So it's not like it's just secretly hiding backstage. Everyone's aware of it. Um, and, you know, I guess we're going to see what happens. But, yeah, uh, you know, at some point, I, I get the whole idea of, like, you know, disappearing for a while and maybe people will forget. But at some point, you want to kind of hear some good publicity or press coming from outside from her. You know, we've seen her at boxing fights. So she's been out and, you know, uh, she was very much on stage for all of the wild uh, press and media days and whatnot. So she's not like she's hiding, but it just seems like any bit of time that there's news with her, it's always negative and I don't know. It's it's. I have mixed emotions about it, but I know, like from a business standpoint, these are ne- never good signs. And you know, if she shows up for the tapings and this gets all washed away, then I think this bit of that news does go away with it. You know, it's like oh, disagreement. It was explosive. People were disagreeing. But if she shows up to her contractual obligations, then that's kind of telling. But also, she might just go back to Mexico again and say, "Fuck you! I got my money and I'm out of there." So I don't know. Anything else anybody wants to talk about? Good old TB. I can't wait till she's all elite. Oh, yeah. And 
a lot of other folks probably still want that too. So, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? First match I want is Tessa Blanchard versus Danhausen. So book it. <laughs> oh yeah. no. You're playing games. Oh. Okay. So that's, that's, you can't take you seriously. You ain't got to go there. You don't got to go with Danhausen. Literally five-star match brewing up. Okay. I, I can't yeah. see uncle Dave giving that a five-star. Just, just crazy, like. crazy five-star minimum. He might he might go back with the six star for this one. Never hey Jamal, know. real quick, I don't think I got the answer, but why? What's the deal with you and Danhausen? Why can't you stand him? Um, that's so what? That's a lot. That's his favorite wrestler. So, like, you know how I, I, I consider myself uh, a, a person, a, a casual wrestling fan now, but I do like just good technical, pure wrestling. It's not that I hate comedy acts. There are comedy acts that I do like. Um, cheeseburger over as hell uh, at, at AEW last night and at AEW uh, last week. Love Dalton Castle. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm okay with a good, boisterous gimmick. Sure. Danhausen, on the other hand, is neither of those things. Um, I've seen hemorrhoids with more personality than with him. And I think that in general, as far as him being a wrestler, he's. He's a, he makes Zach Gowan look like Bret Hart, and Zach Gowan oh. has one leg. Yes. So I don't. I mean, yes, I get it. Indy Darling, whatever. Hell, even even JP Warhorse back when he was Jay Park and Parnell. I think Warhorse is a stupid ass gimmick, but I'll give him credit for it. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It doesn't make me, you know, want to go get, you know, a, a, a watered uh, down hot dog from the uh, from the grill. But but Danhausen, honest to God. Danhausen flares up my colitis. It, it makes me, <laughs> it makes me physically ill to watch him do things. It, it's the spin gooly, you know, wrestler type of deal. Honestly, I would rather see Elvira and some knee pads taking bumps, send her mm. ass to flat backs, and and have her get out there and then host, you know, the next Roger Corman movie. But Danhausen does nothing for me. Uh, you know, it, it's it's it's. It would be the worst thing, the literal worst thing I've ever seen if John Moxley didn't exist. And in an alternate universe somewhere where John Moxley doesn't exist, Danhausen is the absolute worst wrestler I've ever seen in <laughs> Earth 636. Now, since we live in Earth 616, it's John Moxley. Yes. But Danhausen is nipping at his heels. And then when you have a guy, and spoilers because, you know, not like not like y'all care about what's going to happen in a, for Rampage. When you have Tony Nese, the premier athlete, come out oh my and God. cut a promo and, and go, yeah, I'm the premier athlete and I want premier talent. And you know what? Next week, I want to see you, Dan Housen. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> wasting my goddamn time on a Wednesday. Tony Nese goes from feuding with Ken Broadway H-O-G to Danhausen. Okay. Yeah, that right. was a very questionable promo. But it was I, super I questionable. And the it. fact that Ken Broadway isn't signed to a TV deal is criminal. But that's a different thing. And again, Ken Broadway, another boisterous, over-the-top gimmick. But Cashflow KB works. I haven't seen much worse than Danhausen in life. And the last time I saw something that bad at a wrestling show is when the toilet backed up at the Royal Farms Arena. <laughs> Great American Bash '98, Scarby oh, for life. No, it was a hot summer. Great American Bash. Don't get the chili dogs in Baltimore. It'll be dirty. Oh, but, the, but the bottom line is, is, I think that he's absolute shit on the stick. And the faster he can get the hell off my TV, the better. Um, I don't know how long this thing will last with him. And I think a lot of people that are seeing him are seeing him for the first time, and he'll either. It'll either hit or it will hit like a, you know, like a cement truck to the dick. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense for me why he's on, t on TV. But, you know, the marks like him. Uh, I'm not one of those marks. So, you know, good for him for getting his money. I'm not saying that he shouldn't, but I am saying that right. UPS is hiring. So go do that. You know, what can Braun do for you? <laughs> Two chains. Right. Who's your Danhausen? Um, Danhausen. <laughs> Oh, I'm not huh? a fan either. Yeah, like what? It, I don't. I don't have as much time right now to emphasize as much as Jamal does. But absolutely, 
I'm also not a fan of another wrestler, but I also don't have time for that as well, too, because, yeah. I yeah, agree. no, I'm definitely not a fan of other wrestlers because of what they physically done, but just judging by the character and the in-ring work and the things that I care about in wrestling, you... It, it's it's it, it's just... um, it's The shit is... It, it's borderline disrespectful to actually come out there and trot this, you know, this guy out here and say, like, this is wrestling. It's a, Not in it's, like a Jim Cornette kind of a way, but in, in like a, and I know that wrestling is a thing and it's a spectrum. It's not like a finite thing, but it's just like at a certain point, you got to cut the line and, and go, no, this is where wrestling ends. And yeah. this is where sideshow begins. And we've evolved past the surface. Uh, yeah. It's a conversation for another day. Um, ru- uh, Rob said rumors, uh, news, but uh, let me, let me start off by one news, uh, one bit of news I saw, uh, floating around the internet and that was about uh because you know I'm, I'm always so interested in the whole warner media discovery merger thing and where aw falls in line with all of that and there was a report that came out saying that aw a new aw show on tbs was reportedly greenlit uh before the merger i don't understand how anybody can make a rumor like that when warner media has been the most transparent about their plans for projects for the next 10 years, even if they never happen. They'll be like, well, we got this idea. And then they'll come back months later and say, all right, we're not going with that anymore. If it was going to happen, it would have been announced. No one's getting ahead of Warner Media and their, and their rumors. They they let everything out themselves. You never have you has anybody ever heard of a, a, a rumor before they've actually put it out? It doesn't exist. Like big news, like all the, the comic book fans would have definitely known about that Amanda Wilder show coming out before it got announced with Viola Davis going to be in it. And which is kind of big news because some of the other shows that they were announcing uh, from uh, DC uh, has now been canceled. But like if they've been canceled and this one's been announced, it's kind of like, okay, what's kind of the psychology and how they're betting things. I think they're going with big star power. Like Viola Davis is a big name. Um, John Cena, obviously and peacemaker is going to be good. But all these other random ones that they wanted to do, like, is Green Lantern still ha- Lantern Corps still happening? I don't think so. I haven't heard much about it since, so I don't know. Well, but I just yeah. saw a trailer for, for uh, the animated Jon Stewart Green Lantern movie today, which uh, I, yeah. I can't wait for that to drop. So. It, it, and that's a movie. I, I, it's, yes. it's so I, I thought they were doing a live-action so Lantern Corps, and that was going to be a series when they started announcing all of the other cyborg flash and man they're in trouble in paradise with all those movies right now but uh reboot city on the way um but yeah yeah like it's rumors like that are just kind of annoying because it's just like just a little bit of mind a little bit of common sense of your own mind and you you can actually get the answers for yourself anyway jamal you're the real news person i just had to just chime in with my little tune so so. oh that's fine um so there there are dan houseman I, I, we're we're going to make this quick because my, my colitis is flaring up again. Um, <laughs> AEW was in Baltimore, and I think that this is uh, noteworthy because for the fifth straight week, they've lost viewers. Um, oh. All of April, um, and I have the numbers in front of me here, uh, yesterday was May 4th. Uh, they have consistently lost viewers since April 6th. Um, they went from one point. Oh, four million at the end of March to 979,000 to back up to 989. And it's been a constant degradation for the past five weeks until they reached a whopping 833,000 viewers last night. Now, that number 833 isn't like the lowest thing ever. There are things going on in the world. The NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs are happening. Um, It's a good time to be a sports fan, but be damned. Uh, They're building towards their big pay-per-view. Double or nothing is happening at the end of the month. This is this cause for concern. We'll talk about that at a later date. But the bottom line is, is that if they endure a sixth straight week of loss in viewers, that's going to put them under 830,000 viewers. We're talking all-time lows since the pandemic ended uh, on TV because the pandemic didn't. Don't get it twisted. Um, (laughs) I think it is. it could be interesting if they endure a sixth straight week of viewer uh, degradation and what that actually means for the product. And personally, I am not happy with this bill towards Double Enough and thus far. Um, decided not to go to the pay-per-view based on this bill so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the pay-per-view actually shapes up. But 
for, and I can't wait to go uh, throw egg in the faces of the people on Discord, but I told you so. It's not it's not all roses, and the ratings kind of reflect that, so it ain't just me. Uh, with that said, uh, they are going to be in Chicago on June 25th, uh, June 26th, uh, which is a Sunday. Damn it, I wish it wasn't a Sunday. But it is, and it's the Forbidden Door, which is totally not a Doctor sold Strange out. thing. And it's the pre-sale is sold out. Um, 11,000 seats they had reserved for the pre-sale, which went on sale today. Uh, that sold out in about 40 minutes. Okay, cool. Heard the, heard the bots were going crazy. Bots were absolutely going. Skynet was all over the place. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, Jeff Bezos had his hand in it and, and everything. Genocide is on the way. Genesis, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was the whole thing. T- T-1000 <laughs> was in full effect. And uh, somebody called Kyle Reese. He knows what the answers are. But the idea Man. is... Uh, sold out in 40 minutes. StubHub is, is thriving, though. Don't you think it's not? <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. have $7,000 for floor seats, Jesus StubHub is thriving. Christ. Right. Those tickets went up about five minutes after Ticketmaster said, you're 2,000th in line. Um, but then again, that also creates another set of questions. This is the biggest show, arguably, the AEW has ever done. This may arguably be the biggest show that New Japan has ever done in America. Um, right. did uh, they drop Madison Square Garden? That was a Ring of Honor show that had New Japan talent that just yeah, happened man. to be in New York. And the only reason why it's a big deal is because people love the garden for some architectural reason that I don't understand with their stupid ass concave roof. The garden I, smells like celery sticks and it sucks. It needs to also be think that, I also think that people like Chicago because it is considered to be a wrestling town. I don't think I think people like Chicago because it has the busiest airport in the world and you can easily fly in talent nonstop to Atl- um Atlanta's the big busiest airport in the world, by the way. Chicago's That's- top Chicago's top three with London and Atlanta, but they also have nonstop flights several to Japan, which is easier logistically to get people over. You could say that about Atlanta and New York too, but you know, Chicago's also a thing. Now the question, of course, is they sold 11,000 tickets in 40 minutes. Was this the right move booking the United Center and not a soccer stadium or somewhere in the 35,000-seat range, maybe a college football stadium or something like that? It doesn't have to be Dallas you know, for WrestleMania, but do you think that they undersold the, um, the demand for this thing in booking a regular arena? The biggest arena in the country is the Greensboro Coliseum at 24,000 seats for basketball, uh, the United Center is just under that, at like 22000 and change. But the bottom line is, is that if they were able to go through this many tickets this quickly, was this the right move in hindsight to book an arena versus booking a slightly larger stadium like a soccer stadium? No, it, the show is a hot commodity, so therefore the bots went hard on it. The bots always do what they got to do. You know, certain concerts, uh, certain venues – um, and this certain attractions just, you know, attract the eyes of these uh, I almost name drop somebody. But, hey, we don't got time to be doing that either on this show. But it, nope. it, it, it attracts certain type of individuals who does this professionally. And, you know, I, I think, you know, more or less when you got um, uh, a disc, I was about to say Concord, Discord groups that these folks are all in unison together. Mm-hmm. It just makes the strategy so such so such more efficient. You're talking about shoes. You're talking about uh, parlays for gambling. You're talking about scrapers for these. These it's, it's systematic at this point, and this is a hot commodity. So can't blame them. Yeah, no, it is what it is, and I'm not saying that the problem wouldn't existed if they had rented out five hundred thousand seats. It still would have been an issue of battling the bots and battling the groups and battling uh, the lucky ones. Terminators. Um, yeah, Skynet you know, wins at the end of the day <laughs> overall. But the idea is, even if this, even if the shit was legit, I still think that they did undersell the anticipation. They undersold the uh, the magnitude of the event because everybody's saying how big of a deal it is, and then you put it in the arena and it sells out. You know, in forty minutes, it's like, well, we could have gone bigger, and they didn't. Um, moving on to WWE stuff. Um, apparently their, um, owner's call was today, uh, and they talked about their first quarter stats. We talked about that a little bit earlier, um, in the show, they're making money hand over fist. Uh, that's fine. Capitalism. 
But one thing that Stephanie McMahon did bring up was the fact that they're making a role-playing game. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Uh, does that mean it's a tabletop mm. thing? Is it like the Settlers of Catan WWE style? Are we talking Clue? Are we talking Dungeons and Dragons and Ryback? I don't know. <laughs> but also, are we talking a JRPG? Are we talking Persona? Are we talking? I'm in for that. You know, That's an I'm you know, JRPG. For. I'm in for that. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking Killer Seven? Are we talking you know Final Fantasy Bridgeport? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you need you need to get off. We need to. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but they can go a, a million different ways with this, and it'd be interesting to see what type of um, RPG. And, and uh, you know, we could have the Mrs. Paper Mario for all I know. But I was going to say oh, they, could, they could go they could go as simple as Pokemon Arculus. They just keep it simple. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. That people can have like the mixed match challenge in the street. You know, in in AR. Um. <laughs> if there's a million different ways they can go. Uh, because you gotta fire them all. Black trash bags. Uh. You know, sponsored by Hefty on your Nintendo Switch. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but a WWE RPG RPG game is coming. Um. And I think that that could be pretty damned interesting. Um, yep. A little bit of history. Uh, Twenty years ago this week, uh, you yeah, had Ride from Hell, oh, uh, which of course was a thing. Um, and then, of course, twenty years ago today. Oh, you did say twenty years ago, yeah. Yeah, twenty years ago today, which was May fifth, two thousand two. Uh, you had the pandas versus the mans, and the pandas won. No contest. Um, just if you thought, if you remember WWE telling you to get the F out of their name, it really wasn't because Vince wanted to pivot into a transition of the new era of WWE, is because the World Wildlife Federation said, no, your logo, your likeness, your brand is too similar to ours. We don't want you to, um, we don't want to be conflated with wrestling and we're trying to save some damn pandas. So, change your name. And the British courts save the pandas. Yeah, and the British courts basically agreed, which means that they, in order to operate in, in the UK, they would have to change their name and their logo and never show it again, which is why the logo is, um, which is why the old WWF logo uh, with the scratches on it were blurred out when they had the classics on demand channel that came out a little bit after that and the old WWE network stuff. So 20 years to go today, WWE told you for the first time to get the F out. And that's the news for this week. Yeah, I was going to say 2016 this week, uh, Being an Elite first uh, debuted on YouTube. And yeah, that was the start of AEW. That 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 money they started bringing in when uh, roads uh, down that road. And, and years later, we have uh, AEW. Anyway, that's it for tonight's show. Gentlemen, it's been a fun one. Uh, but you know what the deal is, we're back each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Find us on all the social medias at Big O Bell and website BigOBelt.com. We enjoy you all tuning in. And if you didn't catch us live, that's fine because you can catch us on all audio podcast platforms the following day uh, for your podcast listening needs. Give us a shout on the Twitter. Let us know what your thoughts about tonight's uh, episode uh, was. And we'll see you back next week. Peace. All I really need that big old bell, big old bell, big old bell, big old bell. All I really want that big old bell, big old bell, big old bell, big old bell.